Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Sam, it was so good to see you this weekend. My house seems so quiet without you, Britt. I'm. I'm really sad that you left. It's it's funny. Mag said, well, will Brittany be there tonight after camp? And I said, she will not be here tonight after camp. She has to go back. She has a husband. She has a dog. Her life is in Atlanta, not Madison, Wisconsin. She can't live with us. And he said, why not? <laughs> so, I love him. He uh, He's my adopted nephew for sure. And it was so good to see you guys and just get some work done, but also just hang out and spend time together. It was a great weekend. Yeah, just, you know, having lunch in a cornfield, I think really experiencing all that is Wisconsin. You got to have some cheese curds dipped in homemade buttermilk ranch. So <laughs> always, always happy to expose all of my friends from around the country to the diet delights that you can get in <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. I know there were even some some pieces of cotton floating by. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like some weird spider or something until you told me that it was cotton. <laughs> we we have it all in Madison. Once again, if you are interested in joining us here in Madison, Wisconsin, I'm the head of our tourism board. I'd be happy to help you out. <laughs> You know, we had a lot of fun, but just thinking about what we did for the weekend, we also were just getting ready to, you know, support our growth and spent some time with our marketing intern and shot a lot of content this weekend. And so it was a very productive work week too. Yes, I definitely agree. It's, you know, it's those moments where you really realize how everything is kind of coming together and you realize how hard these influencers must work because I have zero interest in ever doing anything like that. I'm glad that we are in the franchise industry, not in the fashion industry or in the industry of selling, I don't know, flat tummy tea on Instagram because <laughs> I do not have the patience to take a thousand photos as was evidenced during our photo shoot. You were really good for the first two stops, but about three-fourths of the way through the second stop that your your face started to show how you were so sick of sitting on the same couch doing the same pose for the hundredth time. I'm a true salesperson. I need to be moving. I need to be talking. I need to be doing things. So... I definitely, I definitely am not cut out to take a thousand photos in the same position. And, you know, I think that's why for us finding the franchise industry has really been, you know, so pivotal in our growth because it allows us to be movers and shakers and doing all the things that we want to do, helping other people find those things rather than sitting at a desk or, God forbid, sitting behind the lens of somebody's long lens camera, catching all of my eye rolls with my face screwed up in all kinds of positions. <laughs> so, Yeah, we're definitely not going to be models. And, yeah. and I agree. I mean, I truly love what I do. And I tell everybody, you know, business ownership is hard. And I think if you think it is going to be as easy as – handing over your money to a financial advisor and putting it in the market, just deciding, do I want to pull my money today? Am I happy? It's not. But there's nothing I believe more in than what we're doing right now. I truly 
love making more people entrepreneurs. It's, it's something that I just, when I talk about it, I smile the whole time I'm talking about it. I totally agree. We should have said that when they were trying to get us to smile and laugh, like making people entrepreneurs <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of look into my eyes, act like you're laughing. <laughs> so now we know for the next photo shoot we do in 20 years because I'm not revisiting that. But I do, you know, I do truly think the same thing and it's so fun. And really one of my favorite things is sometimes you just work with people that, you know, I love all of our clients. I love if I continue to work with them, I love them all. <laughs> if I, if I don't, <laughs> night night. But I I love the people we work with. The conversations are fantastic, but you know, you do work with people that just really become friends and something resonates and you continue to stay in contact and and they really just become somebody that you trust and you bounce ideas off of. And and that's our guest today. I'm just so excited to introduce Bill Brown. He is the owner of Mosquito Shield in Austin, Texas, along with his wife, Heather, who can't join us today. Thanks so much, Bill, for coming on our podcast. Oh, thanks, ladies. Sam, it's great to see you again. As always, um, it's been nice to get to know you over these couple of years. Can you believe it now? It's no. been two years. I cannot yeah. at all. It seems like just yesterday, and I'm nobody can see this, but I'm we're looking at each other. We do cameras while we're recording, mostly so Brittany and I don't talk over each other and we can get <laughs> body language correct. But I'm looking at Bill, and I told him when we jumped on here, it's just like it seems like just like yesterday we were having our very first call, and he has these maps behind him in his office, and so it, it's just kind of cool to be right back here in the same place, but in totally different positions. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Uh, you know, you and I have constantly been in touch, throwing ideas off each other. You're a salesperson. I'm a salesperson. We're business people. Brittany, it's so fantastic to meet you. I've heard a lot about you and listened to all your podcasts of you ladies together. Brilliant work. But I, I learn off of you ladies and Sam, you and I have always thrown ideas against each other. So it's fantastic. It's, it's that productive nature uh, that's so exciting. It is. I mean, I think that's one of the coolest pieces of entrepreneurship is you build this little network and you get to bounce ideas off of each other. So let's take it back to help our listeners understand how did you meet Sam? Kind of what led you down the franchise path? Walk us through your path that led you to franchise ownership with your wife. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting story and I get that all the time. People say, um, mosquito control, how did you, what you, you know, and, uh, no, I didn't grow up thinking I'd own a mosquito control company one day. Um, sure. I enjoy, you know, eliminating them, but, uh, I, I think what, what did it for me was, um, you know, I've, I've kind of always been that entrepreneur, I, you know, I kind of go back, I was thinking, you know, getting ready for this uh, podcast. Why? What's my real why here? And I think when I was eight years old, I, um, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but uh, I started a pet rock business and um, I called it Happy Rocks because I thought that um, my neighbors needed happiness. Um, so I would go to their yards, um, borrow their uh, their rocks and I would paint them. So I went to the store, you know, I earned a little money, you know, through chores and stuff. And I bought some paint and I started painting rocks that were happy and I gave them different expressions, different colors. And then I'd go set up a table at the end of my driveway and I would sell 
Happy Rocks. That was my my first corporation. <laughs> and um, you'd be surprised what people would pay for pet rocks from a, you know, a, a young boy that with, you know, blonde hair and a big smile. Uh, and I just enjoyed that because it brought happiness to my neighbors. I earned a little money. I went down to the store and I bought some Topps baseball cards and I, I chewed the gum and I looked at the cards and then I decided I want to play baseball for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but it was that business that I created something purely on my own. Nobody told me about it. I looked at a rock and I saw an opportunity. Uh, I saw not only could I you know, do something to help somebody, but I can make some money along the way. So fast forward, I've been working in corporate for a very long time, mostly in, you know, in a sales business development, alliances, channel partners, kind of a role, leadership, created new teams. I've run larger teams. Um, but what I found at the end of the day is I wasn't in pure control of my future and my retirement. And uh, nothing spoke to me more clearly than when I was working for a company. I was the single largest contributor, individual contributor in the company. And they had a change in leadership and I wasn't a part of that future. And uh, they wanted to bring in their friends. And so they eliminated all the strategic positions um, in the company. And mine was one of those. And I was just blown away that, that they would do that to me when I was, I was by far, uh, my numbers out, outweighed everybody else's significantly. So it, it shocked a lot of people in the company. And I decided mm, that's enough. I, I've got to do something where I protect my family more. I heard in one of your other podcasts, something that I've always believed in, bet on yourself. And I, I, I never really told a whole bunch of people about that because that sounds egotistical, but I bet on myself. One of the things that Heather told me when we were deciding to go or no, not go, Sam, was uh, she goes, I bet on you, honey. And Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, so she said, let's do this. This is what you were made to do. Let's go buy a business and build a legacy for our children. So that's the second part of it. It's not just about making money and providing a value to the community, which is one of the reasons we chose a mosquito business is we're adding value to a company, excuse me, a community. Um, but we're building a legacy. So we have children that, you know, are you know, one graduated college, uh, we're going to have three in college next year. And we'd like to offer them something that they can um, have ownership of, you know, in a, in a number of years when they're in a position to really understand what owning a business and running a business and serving a community uh, and what the bottom line looks like, you know, and the, the risks, the rewards the responsibilities and you know, everything that you can, you know, glean from owning your own business. I really love all of that. And, you know, it sounds like you, like most people, there are a few things that really became the catalyst for owning your own business, you know, kind of that perfect storm of kind of a, a nudge from corporate America to say, you know, we're not here to protect you. We could go away at any time. And then really that legacy type business, I think that drives a lot of parents into doing that. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you probably didn't think that you would go into the realm of pest control, but what were you looking for as you started exploring business ownership? What was really important to you? If you can put yourself back, Bill and Heather, two and a half years ago prior to this, what were you looking for in a business? I have a profile, so that's a great question. 
most people listening to this have probably invested in something, whether it's you know into the market or you've bought a home. You know, your home is one of the biggest investments you'll make. You have a profile, so you go get a broker or an agent, and you 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 know have your meetings and you decide on who you want. And you're describing what your profile looks like. I want X number of beds, baths. I want a basement. I don't want a basement. I want a car, uh, carport, a garage. You know, I want. I want, I want, it's got to have a pool, not a pool, neighborhood, school districts, all those things. Oh, and by the way, um, here's my investment, um, you know, posture. So here's, here's what I have for down payment. Here's what I can finance. Here's the risk I'm willing to take. Um, I did that. I went and I found a, a phenomenal broker who led me to you, Sam, uh, John Gabra, you know, shout out to you, John really um, took his time to get to know me and understand my risk posture and my business portfolio pro profile that I was looking for. And uh, he came up with some really good options. I wasn't looking. He's like, what are you what are you interested in? And I said, I don't know. I started with I don't know. Um, I gave him here's what I don't want. I don't want to have a brick and mortar. I don't want a storefront because I want something that's a little more recession proof. And, you know, and I'm not going to be eating a big lease somewhere that just keeps getting jacked up because the, the economy is down. So I, I really took that profile. John did some great work with me. And then he's like, OK, we narrowed it down. And then he introduced me to Sam and Sam, you brought it home. Um, I, I kind of looked around and I go, I think I want to be in the mosquito business. You know, Heather, what do you think? And she goes, what? <laughs> Um, so it just came down to the, the profile of the business. Uh, we don't have a storefront. We were a service company. So we, we operate in a service area and, uh, the, the labor, the personnel, uh, ratio, the, uh, investment, the capital investment, the operating expense model, the ROI, uh, profit margins all seem to be in line with what we were looking for. I like the approach that you took in that, you know, we do a business interest assessment with clients to help them figure out, you know, what is your comfort level from an investment standpoint and what do you want or don't want? Most of the time people don't know, you know, they may have an adverse reaction to one particular thing, or they think that they want to be in a certain business because it's a personal passion. But I like how you really took that process and said, does it check the boxes of the qualities of a business that I'm looking for? So I really like that piece. John puts you in front of a couple of different opportunities. And then ultimately you decided that bugs were it. You were going all in with the mosquito business. So what were those final kind of draws for you and your wife with, with choosing the mosquito concept? Yeah. So the, the other component to that, which uh, Sam and I talked about quite a bit, because you guys represent multiple you know, companies, partners. The other thing was, oh, and then we're going to operate this from half a country away. We can't drive to the zip code within a few hours, not even a day. It's a 26 hour drive or a, you know, five, four and a half hour, five hour flight. And that was the other thing was, what do we feel like we can operate remotely? So in my, my career, I've, you know, you can see the maps behind me, uh, the, the listeners won't be able to see them, but I have two maps behind me. One is of the United States, uh, North America, uh, Mexico, and the other one is the globe. And I've 
in corporate, I've been managing uh, global businesses. So to me, I looked at the model of what I could do with Mosquito Shield. And, you know, the more I talked to, you know, Sam about it and she put me in touch, uh, some validation calls with with the other owners, uh, the veteran owners. And I, 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 all of them lived in their territories and they operated, you know, from, you know, a, a location just a few miles away from their home. Mine was different. So I had to consider that. And um, that was the part of the risk profile that I didn't see as a limitation. I saw it as more of an opportunity because I know how to run a global business. I know how to run a business in Australia and India and the UK uh, as, as much as up here in New York City, which is just a, you know, a couple hours away from me. So that was huge. And that was the definition of stepping outside your comfort zone because it's it's really um, taking what I thought I already knew how to do really well and now putting money on it, our personal money into a business, buying it. And I remember when we opened, you know, how, you know, just I, I, I felt like I was back on the pitching mound, you know, my first day in the minors and I was, you know, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? So it was it was scary but exhilarating at the same time. And I, th I think that was the extra thing that came in, Brittany, was that, you know, we had to, it had to be a remote because remote job or company, because we're, we're going to be moving out of New Jersey. So why buy a business here when we're going to leave it? So I wanted to buy ahead of us where we're going to be going. That's so interesting. And I think that is a major fear. And, you know, obviously Austin, you know, an investment in the city of Austin is truly an investment. My husband went to grad school there and he said his number one regret about grad school is he didn't buy property in Austin in 2006. <laughs> and yeah. it's, I mean, it continues to grow. It continues to be a center of industry. And so I think it's really exciting to have a business mm -hmm. there and, and to buy a business in front of you is you know, an incredible amount of foresight. So you are truly absentee. We talk to a yes. lot of people that say, I'm semi-absentee. How do I balance that? What do we do? And, you know, there's the typical answers in your learning. You are a truly absentee franchisee. So how are you managing a business in Austin and a life in New Jersey? <laughs> Great question. So uh, when I spoken with some of my friends that I grew up with in California, because I'm a transplant from West Coast to East Coast, and now I'm going to be going back to Texas. One of the things that some friends who are really close with me and understand how I work as a person and as a business person, they told me what they saw in me. And I thought, God, you know, I, I don't think I've ever noticed that before, but they said, you have the vision and the imagination to pull something like this off. And there's a lot of good business people out there that may not be able to do this and it's not for them to be semi-absentee or absentee. And, and I think one of the things that when I really thought through it and I was getting ready for this podcast was I, I really understood that I did have a vision. I, you know, I, I often work from the goal backwards on, and I, and I've told my kids and I put it in um, my son's graduating yearbook. I said, if you can see it, you can do it. And I've something that I've told all the kids that I've coached in little league and stuff like that. If you can see that you can hit a home run, you can do it. Let's work on it. Okay. What do you need to do? Start with what does a home home run look like? Close your eyes, see it. 
see it, see it. Now let's work backwards on how you get there. So the way that we approached the business was the same way. I knew how this business was going to run from day one. Once, you know, we shook hands with you, Sam, over the phone. And I said, let's do this. You know, Heather's like, okay, how are we going to do this? And I go, let me tell you, honey. And so I started writing stuff down and she goes, okay, 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 okay. And in, so I think that's where it starts. You have to have the mindset. Um, and I think it takes, uh, you have to have imagination and the vision of what that's going to look like and how you're going to make that successful. Those are really important pieces. I mean, just to to believe in yourself, put that vision in motion, and mm -hmm. then you have to go out and execute. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you have a team in Austin, right? Yeah. That you're managing remotely. Tell us a little bit about that team and kind of how you make it work from a pretty long plane ride away. Yeah. So um, great point. So next, um, the next thing I did was um, I called everybody back from the validation calls and I said, okay, it, it's real. Um, what, what mistakes did you make in your first, you know, six months and what would you do differently all over again? And what are the, you know, handful of things that I must do no matter what happens? Like, can't fail, have to do these things. And the first thing that that came out was hire the right people. Your first two people, you've got to hire the right people because you're absent and they represent your business. They don't, your customers aren't going to see you. They're going to see those people. They're probably going to talk to those people first. And so I took that to heart. And so the interview process was quite interesting because we bought the business during COVID we lived half a country away. So it wasn't like I could go have coffee and interview somebody. We used, you know, web interviews. So zoom was our friend and you have to be a really good judge of character. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're not on video here in the podcast, but you see those, the, you know, the body language, when you talk to somebody, you can tell if they're genuine, you can tell if they're not, you can ask some hard questions when you're on video and, and see how people react. And, put them under a, a little bit of uh, situational stress on what a job would look like with your boss half a country away. What does that look like? So I, I took it to heart what all the veteran owners had said before, and they said, hire the right people. The second thing is get a good accountant. <laughs> so um, hire the right people, get a good accountant and know your numbers. So the other thing that I that I would add to that is uh, that, you know, you're building your foundation for success, but go visit. Even if you're far away, you have to go visit your business. You have to get into the territory. You have to spend time with your employees, those first ones. And the way that we wanted to build a business was we're building a legacy. So we're very serious about how we present ourselves as a company as a family run business, as a locally owned business, and that our employees must, you know, breathe that wherever they are. So I would go out every month to Austin, which is fine. I have a lot of family there. Um, and I would spend time with our, our employee and make sure that he felt supported because as I learned a few months later, he's like, Bill, I, this was scary for me. You were my boss, you were my support, you're a phone call away or a text away, but you weren't here if something went down. And so you got to have that regular touch point to be successful 
even in a um, semi-absentee type of a business. I recommend that anybody looking at this, make sure you build into your budget and your time and your mindset that you need to be there you know, on a regular basis, whatever that is. For me, it was once a month and that made perfect sense. And I think that made a huge difference in retaining our employee so he's with us again in our second season and the guy's a rock star. So, and he, he believes in this business. He believes in Heather and I, he believes in how we're running it and he wants to help us grow it. So I think you have to do those things if you want to be successful, if you're thinking long-term. That is such a good point. And I think just the strategy of knowing what you are building and, and people have different visions. You know, some people are buying and building to sell. Some people are buying and building for legacy. And so that really does influence the day-to-day for business owners and the way they treat things, in, you know, as far as business strategy plans go, and also the way that they treat and choose employees. So you gave us, you know, Mosquito Shield is rich in veteran franchisees. Um, obviously, I'm a part of that system as well. And so... There was a lot of advice there. If you could go back really and and think about yourself two and a half years ago as you're going through that, is there anything that you really wish you would have known before you signed the franchise agreement? Is there anything that if, if we have people in the process listening right now, you're like, really think about this ahead of becoming a franchisee? Yes, uh, absolutely. I think there's, I don't think there's anybody who's ever um, gone through this or bought a business that wouldn't have something that they would like to go back and do better. Or, you know, I, I think for me, it would have been to dig a little bit more into some of the details. One of the things that attracted me to this company, this model versus others was uh, the concept of the sales center because I'm absentee and I'm not you know, sitting every day in Austin, looking outside at the weather, seeing what's going to happen because that impacts our business. Um, and I'm relying on a sales center to help me grow the business while I'm, you know, focusing on my corporate business. That's I, I'd like to have gone back and dug a little bit more into all the nitty gritty little details to a, a point of being obnoxious. And I think the comp- the corporation would want that also because they want the right person who's going to know th- everything and the good and the bad and the ugly and just look at that. So, you know, that's one area that I would have dug into a little bit more is, you know, uh, probably a few other things, but those aren't bad things. Those are good things. You just dig into it more. You can't get enough information. Um, you know, we were convinced early on because it's a strong brand and there's so many good things about it. It's growing. You bought into it also for the same reasons, similar reasons. Uh, but th- that's what I would do is I, I'd recommend that don't get in a rush. Don't, you know, don't take things for, for granted that you think you might know. Just, you know, stop, pause a little bit look at the information in front of you and ask yourself, what am I not asking? And, and, and just go take another step in and start asking some wild questions and get people talking. So I, I, that would be my recommendation because you want to know everything as much as you can. I don't think anybody's ever a hundred percent ready for something like this. It's like getting married and having kids, you know, um, were you a hundred percent ready? (laughs) 
No. <laughs> Is anyone ever? No. <laughs> You've got to have a little bit of that. You take the leap, right? You, you're right. never going to be 100% of the way there, but you're totally right. You have to feel like you've turned over the stones that you need to to feel like you've done enough research to be confident in your decision, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the validation calls that I've taken for you guys, I've I've encouraged those new you know, prospective buyers to do, to do those things. And I think, I think that's been successful for you. So, uh, Sam, I think we're, we're batting a thousand, aren't we? Um, we absolutely are. So I know you're a baseball player. My son's now in baseball. So for the first time in my life, I know what batting a thousand means. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. It it is. And that's why we want people to validate because it's one thing to hear from the corporate side of this is what we have to offer, but does it translate? And so we, we appreciate that you give time to our clients. You've mentioned some of your motivators in why you've looked at business ownership, but let's just hit on it one more time because you dug in on some good stuff. What's your personal compelling reason for franchise ownership? I've always wanted to own my own business and be more in control of, you know, my income and my future and my family's future. I, I, you know, I'm responsible for my family. That's, I feel like my role is to provide for us today, a comfortable life, but also our future and what parent doesn't want their children to have a better future and better can mean a lot of different things. And I'd like to show them what it's like to really work for something and something that you can grow and put your fingerprint on and see how it impacts the world around you. If you choose the right thing, you can impact the world around you. And the world can be as small as your neighborhood, one or two people, or it can be an entire globe like you see behind me. I I think those are the things that really drive me. Um, Challenge drives me. This is certainly a challenging industry uh, and business. But that, those are the things that I really wanted to do was be more in control so that I could provide for my family today and more protect them in the future for growth and comfort. That's really what I was looking for. I can't think of a better reason to go into business than to create something for your family and to create an opportunity for them and really just also to see them thrive in something that you've started. Now, you've mm-hmm. dropped a lot of knowledge today, a lot of good stuff. Please tell us what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Wow. The best piece of advice with respect to this business, I think it was really focus on your first hires. That's just game changing, game changing, especially for, for Heather and I, who right now don't live in our territory, we're half a country away, literally. So hiring those right first people has made 100% of the difference in our ability to complete a first season, that first challenging season, and then step into season two. We're halfway through season two, and we feel so confident in our employees that we've hired that they're really bought into this culture that we've we're trying to build the company with. And so I think that's the best advice. It was consistent from the veteran owners, hire the right people. The first two are the most important. And I can't emphasize that enough. 
I'm so glad that I was put in touch with them beforehand and they offered that. So uh, I'll tell everybody that no matter what business you're in, hire those first two, those are your building blocks. So do it right. People are everything. I mm -hmm. mean, really, and you see it in large corporations, you see it in small family owned businesses. They truly are the driving force behind most businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing all of this information. It's really powerful to listen to somebody living semi-absentee slash absentee ownership life. So we really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm honored that you uh, chose me and I'm, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to give back a little bit to anybody else there. So thank you both ladies. You, you're both rock stars and I admire your business, your dedication to it. And uh, I love all these podcasts. Everybody needs to listen to these as they're going through the process. If you're considering being a, a, a business owner, they, there's there's no lame ducks here. They're all strong. All your guests have something different to say and bring to the table. So I, that would be the, the give forward, the pay it forward advice to your listeners is go back and listen to these things. Take some time and do it. Thank you. We really appreciate that. And thanks so much for being here. We hope you have a good day. Thank you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.